Episode 68 of the Adventures with Grammy podcast is a rebroadcast of Episode 12. This episode features Maureen Tenvir, who is known as Mom at the Museum on Instagram. This rebroadcast is timely because museums across the United States and throughout the world are opening their doors once again and welcoming visitors despite the ongoing threat of COVID. A former docent for the Hirshhorn Museum in Washington, D.C., Maureen Tenvir shows us how to turn trips to museums into enjoyable learning adventures for children and adults. She carries a bag of wonders with her when she and her children visit museums, and she reinforces the art they view by reading children's books written about artists and their art. She says there is a strong correlation between art, music, and children's literature. She also says museum gift shops are her children's favorite stops. Please do me a favor and take a quick survey to help me learn how I can improve the podcast and find interesting guests for you to meet. The link to the survey is in the top line of the show notes. I hope you enjoy this broadcast and welcome Maureen Tenvir. I think it is fascinating that you are not intimidated by taking your children to museums. How did this all come about? Fun and just also kind of to inspire the moms that I know. I feel like museums are so underutilized by caregivers of young children. And people are so overwhelmed or daunted by museums. And I just kind of want to change that image as, you know, just in my circles, that was the whole idea. And I had started volunteering for the Smithsonian Institute um, as a gallery guide. Art was taking up a lot of my time. I was interested in it. And I just wanted to connect it to children because I left work some years back to be a full-time mom. And I love it. And I think I, I just kind of threw myself into being a mom and kind of just, I just wanted to share my passion, what I enjoy the most in, you know, raising little human beings, and, <laughs> uh, just expanding minds. Tell our listeners about your interest in combining art and early literacy. I did some courses at the Smithsonian Early Learning Center, SEEK. I think the acronym acronym is, it's housed in the Natural History Museum. So they offer some classes actually for educators. I think I used to be the only mom who used to attend these classes, but I was just so interested in early literacy and how art can be used or public places can be used to help children under five to kind of develop literacy. So I I did that just because I enjoyed it and not necessarily for work, mostly just to kind of apply within my family. And then I just wanted to inspire, you know, others as much as I could. I guess I didn't have any aspirations of of having like, you know, lots of followers. It's always nice. But the goal was just, you know, I I, I try and take my friends, kids and, you know, neighbors and stuff. I've just tried to get more people involved. Tell us some of the things that you learned from the Institute. So one of the things is that I think I've always believed, but, you know, others have kind of laughed at me that, that you know, ba- babies understand. I think we we don't give children, young children, babies enough credit. Like we just think they won't get it. Like even if you read to them or if you show them an artwork and, and talk to them about it, just thinking that, oh, it's a waste taking a baby uh, to the spaces. I, I, so, so I think scientifically also they, they, sh- they showed that, you know, children... Uh, babies as young as few months can can respond and recognize their brains respond to to take children more seriously I think that was the first thing and then you know that gave me the confidence that you know I'm not just wasting my time or my children's time I think it's valuable to them also and you know for me becoming a stay-at-home mom 
it was not easy. I mean, I, I worked for, for most of my adult life and it can be very mind numbing, especially if you didn't have, I didn't have a lot of family. Most of my friends worked. So when I became a stay-at-home mom, you know, it can be hard. And my husband travels, I, you know, you don't talk to a grown up for days sometimes it feels like so so doing something with them and, and you take them to the park and they have a good time but going to a museum was intellectually stimulating for me and I met other you know like-minded moms or, or educators and I just I felt like my kids are also taking away from that so I think the first thing is to kind of give babies and children more credit as to how much they understand how how they respond and I also feel the more you engage with them verbally visually the more they learn I think the more their mind grows. Is there anything else you would like to share with us that you learned at the institute? So one of the things that you know I I learned here at at the the, the museum I would say and then have applied and I guess it applies to most sorry most of the age groups that you know you can think of babies or toddlers is that you have to be a little bit more creative when trying to develop literacy or or trying to develop their interest in art and using tactile you know if you're going for instance if you're going to go see an artwork if you can keep something for instance if the artwork has lines just keep like a yarn like a piece of yarn in your bag and once your baby or your toddler is in front of it just hand them the yarn and kind of twist it and when they can use that you know as many senses as you can involve you can use words or language around it like you know a circle or a wiggly or whatever this tip of using more senses uh, when dealing with children in the museum space really helped and I think that really made my children's experiences more valuable or enjoyable so simple things like that or just keeping some crinkly paper or something shiny if, if the artwork was something like that or something circular, you know, so just think in terms of simple things like shapes or color or texture and hand that over to your child when, you know, when you're in the presence of artwork. And another thing that, you know, they always applied in their lessons that they would make was, you know, the use of singing. And I'm sure if I'm talking about early literacy, uh, the idea of singing, you know, bringing a poem or or making up silly poems or whatever, kind of also the, the really helps uh, and and children, babies especially respond to that. How did you prepare your children to go to a museum? So I I know I've I've read a lot of blogs also that that talk about this and I, you know, I never stressed about it. It was a very natural process, but like I said, you know, like keeping a string, these things just, they they just are in my purse or my, I have a huge bag, (laughs) you know, bag of wonders. I would have things like that. And because, you know, I was volunteering, I spent a lot of time at the museum. So maybe it was easier for me because I just, I knew what to expect, right? In the museum, because I would go by myself also quite a bit. What I would suggest to somebody who wants to start doing this. So the first thing is if you haven't been to the museum yourself previously, and it's going to be the first time, you know, you're taking your children. One of the first things you can do is look at the website, because I feel um, museums, you know, you were the region that you wanted to talk about in the mid-Atlantic. You know, this is a great place to live or visit if 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 you're interested in, in uh, visiting museums because the museums here, you know, some of the best in the world, and their education departments are it's really um, interesting that the staff that works here are really educated, really passionate about the work, and the kind of resources the museums have on their websites and in person, like. Most of the museums in DC, uh, most of the Smithsonian museums, even the some of the private ones like the Phillips Collection, have a dedicated education 
office, uh, a room, a center, there's staff, and somebody is usually there all the time. And so if you haven't had a chance to kind of look at the website before you go, you can always go to the welcome desk. A lot of them have resources available at the desk, something like, uh, you know, certain activities. You can pick up a piece of paper that will give you certain activities that you can do with your child during the visit. They can highlight some some artworks, have associated questions or, or, or games that you can play with your children while you look at those artworks. So honestly, like the museums here, at least in this region, have really are really welcoming of families and children. Um, and have a lot of resources. If you don't have time on your own to kind of prepare before you go, kind of look at the website, kind of check out what kind of artwork there is. You can always walk in and ask for it or just look for it and it's it's there. That's good information for parents and grandparents to know. What has been your children's reactions to visiting the galleries and interacting with the art? They've loved it. And one of the reasons can be that they've actually been going since they were several months old. And a lot of parents have concerns that, you know, our children will break something or touch something. And and a lot of museums also get, I've noticed, get uncomfortable, you know, when they, you, you'll see the guard tense up when they see like two or three children walk in to the museum. You know, you can see them suddenly becoming alert and, you know, the body lang- language makes you a little uncomfortable. But I think the more you take your children, the more they'll surprise you that you just have to tell them, you know, you have to you have to use walking feet and indoor voices. This is all stuff that they also hear in school. And they'll they'll recognize, you know, where they need to stop. But you have to do this a few times with them before you and the children can start relaxing and actually enjoying this space. And again, if you're in the Washington DC area, even New York, the museums there are very welcoming of children. I think the the era that you grew up or I grew up in, the museums are very different now. They're very, yeah, yeah, I don't remember museums being such great fun places for children, but if you feel like, you know, they need more space, a lot of these museums are actually have dedicated rooms for children to play and touch and explore. There's that kind of space also, if you feel like, okay, the, the gallery is getting a little overwhelming or, you know, it's, it's too quiet and, you know, my child's going to make noise. I can name several of the museums in DC that have, dedicated spaces for children to come and uh, explore the works in in ways that are more appropriate for younger children. Oh, please share those resources with us. As the grandmother to six little ones, I certainly would like to know where the most child-friendly museums are in D.C. One of our favorite spaces is, so the Smithsonian American Art Museum has it has a play area for children and also has an education room. And then it has the the, cohort, um, the courtyard in the middle with that glass covered ceiling. And it has these water squirms on the floor that the children love, love running in and playing. Um, and, you know, they're, they're very welcoming of children. I remember when my oldest was, was young, I was actually, it was a lovely place in the winter time to go because it's covered. It's, it's indoors, but it's a glass ceiling. So you, you get sunlight. So I was working at that time and I would come home from work and I would take, she was just a baby and I would take her and I was nursing her and and I didn't realize it was time for the museum to shut down and the guards were asking everyone to leave. And then the guard realized that I'm nursing and he said, take your time, you know, (laughs) he said, we'll wait for you. Take your time. There's no rush, you know, and I thought that was just, they would have to stay slightly longer before they shut down, but they were nice enough to accommodate me. And so there's that. A museum that has a space. Then the American History Museum 
also has a wonderful um, Wegmans play area that's been sponsored by Wegmans. So it's basically around farm to food themed play area starting from babies to, to young children. So there's that um, play area. Then, so the Hirshhorn has have a learner's room, which is basically like a large open space where they hold weekly story times for children and they'll bring out blocks and and felt paper, felt uh, pieces and, you know, sticky stuff that kids can, you know, create artworks with. So they have weekly certain timings when you have to go and you can have access to these resources, but it's not a full-time dedicated space at the Hirshhorn. So these are the things that I can think of. These are the museums um, that I can think of that have dedicated spaces for children that you can enjoy. And then these are, I've just been focusing on art museums, but then there's always the, the, the natural history museum, which is, I would say, my children's favorite, especially my son's, because he's so obsessed with dinosaurs and animals and everything. Fascinating. So they also have explorer rooms, which are amazing. I mean, you know, forget my kids. I get, I become a little child in there because you can, you know, look at all sorts of samples of fossils or or, um, you know, gems or whatever your interest is. I mean, these are just really amazing and very hands-on experience. And they have like these microscopes and, and there's always staff there to kind of help answer your questions or, or go exploring with. So just amazing. So that's also a very amazing resource. I remember one picture I saw on your Instagram account and it was your daughter sitting on the floor with, I suppose, paper and pencils and she's drawing it was she trying to replicate the art she saw on the on the wall so yeah this was this is a, a, a tip I can share that you know we always do and again I always have like a sketchbook and not just for museums even when we go for a walk but in a museum it's a particularly fun thing to do it's just it's to sketch it's to sketch what you see because sometimes especially with you know non-verbal um, children very young children they may not be able to you know describe um, you know what they see or and sometimes they just enjoy drawing like they, they they can and the thing is I what I find very interesting sometimes I'll sit with my kids and I'll start sketching and I I realize I'm held back like I'll, I'll find I look at a, a sculpture or something and I'll be overwhelmed by you know how complicated it is but my daughter like she, you know she's three or four and you know she'll very confidently draw and you know like a road end and she'll just get it because she just sees it she she's able to simplify it in her mind and sketch what she sees she doesn't overthink it right I'll get overwhelmed by a sculpture and I'll sometimes be intimidated that you know I can't sketch this but kids are able to just sit there and copy and they'll make something and you know and then she can tell you and it's interesting how what are the details that they they see or they notice are important for them and what they filter out. So yes, we we do this sketching exercise uh, as a way of looking because sometimes, you know, if you look at an artwork, um, I think there's some research that says that usually when you go to a museum, and this is not for children, it's for grown-ups, but I'm sure it applies to kids who probably have shorter attention spans, is that, you know, normally you don't look at an artwork for more than like I, I forget exactly how much it is, like three seconds or five seconds, and then you move on. But to develop the art of looking to become more observant, uh, you know, developing visual literacy. So you have to, uh, some, there are certain tricks you can use and one of them is sketching because if you give somebody a task that, you know, can you, can you sketch this or can you draw what you find interesting? Then you pause 
and then you look in a meaningful way, spend more time looking, and then, you know, the different parts of your brain kick in because then you look and then you're using your hands to sketch. So this is that feedback loop that starts and, you know, the, the wheels in your brain kind of start churning. So sketching, I find, is a very interesting way to develop, you know, more meaningful looking uh, when you go to look at art. I like that multi-sensory approach. Right, exactly. So, you know, again, back to that point of, you know, as many senses as you can engage. Tell our listeners about your children's favorite sculpture. It's only an American Art Museum. It has some wonderful artworks and they have this uh, in the Lincoln Gallery on the second floor, I believe it is, uh, they have this room for modern art. And there's this sculpture there, and I'm forgetting the name of the artist, of a woman who's sitting kind of, you know, she looks, She obviously it's a sculpture. It's very realistic. So it looks like this woman is frozen and she's eating ice cream. And that was one of, for the longest time, my children's favorite artwork in that museum. Like every, like we, as soon as we'd enter, they're like, are we going to see that frozen woman, frozen lady having ice cream? They would just get such a kick out of looking at that woman she's kind of like in mid mid bite just sitting there and very realistic looking and you know the first time they saw it they couldn't figure out if it, if she was real or if this is an artwork we would quite often have ice cream once we would leave there's all these shops nearby where we, we'd get some ice cream uh, just you know just to kind of continue the conversation as to why she was stuck or who was she or you know did she eat too much ice cream or what did her ice cream taste like Maybe that was a, that's why it was their favorite artwork because we'd usually get ice cream after that visit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but it left a mark on them, right? They still remember it. I'm sure if you were to ask them, they'll tell you about it. They, they would have noticed how much ice cream was in her bowl that she was having. Eating ice cream after you leave the gallery is definitely a multi-sensory approach to appreciating art. It's really worked for us. And I think it's it's made the whole outing very enjoyable when when we can involve other senses other than just looking. With young children, it's important to reinforce what they are learning. So how did you extend the art gallery lessons after you returned home? So, you know, there's, there's different ways. For one thing, we've also bought a lot of books from the museum gift shops. I mean, that's another thing I, I absolutely love. I love museum gift shops feel like we end up spending more money <laughs> than we intended to at gift shops but they have just such amazing things but you know we for instance bought a lot of storybooks that are, are written about artists or artworks and these are geared towards young children so so we read a lot of books about uh, some of their favorite artists and so you know at bedtime if, if we'd seen a particular uh, like Giorgio O'Keefe, uh, you know, just tonight, just tonight when I was putting my daughter to, to sleep, we read A Splash of Red. Um, it's about Horace Pippin and uh, his works are also at the Smithsonian Art uh, Museum and one at the Hershon. It's not on view now, but they used to have one when we used to go for story time. So these are artworks they've seen and it really reinforced. I thought one of the things that really reinforced their memory of or understanding of an artist or, or an artwork is if you can follow up with a story that's connected with that. And, you know, it's it's amazing how many books there are uh, about artists or, or artworks and how, you know, well-written they are and how approachable they make it for children, how interesting they make it. That's really helped. That's one thing, if we can read a book that's related to that. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to be a book that's directly about the artist or the artwork. 
It could be any storybook, you know, if it can capture a certain emotion that we saw or a certain, you know, if you saw a particular artwork, you know, there's certain works from Picasso that are in the East Wing of the National Gallery of Art that are, you know, they're, they're from his blue period, they're just sad works. And then, you know, if you read a book about, you know, a character being sad, they can always kind of connect it with that, that, you know, do, you know, what did you think of the colors or, you know, something like that. Sometimes we read books actually in the museum also. That's another thing that we've done. And the Hershon is great that way. They actually on weekends have a station where you can check out a bag that will have a few books that you can just borrow and they'll they'll give you tips. The bag will also have tips that, you know, this book is very nice to read with this artwork that's on view. And so you can go sit in front of, and, and this is not, these are not books that are about the artwork of the artist. This is just a general story. They're connected somehow with the artwork and the museum does the, the, the work for you. They'll, they'll make suggestions that this would be a nice artwork to read this book with. You can go read the book and then kind of connect it with the artwork. I am impressed that museums are doing this and making art so accessible to young children. You know, the museums are closed. We can't wait for them to reopen in DC. But once they do, I would highly encourage you to check out all the, the educational programs that these museums are running. It's, it's beyond fascinating. And the amazing thing about the Smithsonian is that they're free. And most of the programs that they offer, if not all, are, are free and open to public. Is there any advice or caution you would like to share with listeners? When you're visiting a museum with, the, with children, especially young children, you have to be careful not to overwhelm them. When we live in a city, when we live in D.C., I, I never would go with the goal of seeing the whole museum with them or even, you know, more than just a few artworks. Um, because there's, there's just so much that they can enjoy and, and take in. Uh, now, when you have the luxury of living in the, the city, and especially when the museum is free, you don't feel the pressure to kind of pack in as much as you can. Um, so when we would visit New York, there would be a bit of that compulsion, right? Because these museums are not free, especially if you don't live in New York, right? Um, uh, and they're not trivial. I mean, I, I remember spending close to $100 for a family of five um, to visit the Met. And then when you go, you're like, okay, let's just check this this gallery also. Let's just, just a little bit more. Let's, you know, so I felt like I was pushing the kids to do more than what they're stamina was so but you have to be very careful right you you don't want to overwhelm them you don't want to tire them out so that they never want to come back to a museum again so you just that's just a caveat do your research choose you know a few galleries that you think meet what your whatever your children's interests are maybe just go to the front desk and ask them what is the shortest route from this gallery to that because there's a lot of walking also involved in museums that are that big and kids get tired and hungry and sometimes feel the pressure because you've paid the ticket you kind of want to make the most from your trip but it can sometimes backfire what is your favorite museum throughout the world like what is your number one museum I really thought about this question because you you know I it's it's like asking to choose <laughs> one of your who's your favorite kid you know <laughs> Now, if I if I really had to, I'll choose the Hershorn because you know it was in DC. I was I was volunteering there. I have some wonderful friends there. But more than that, I really find the artworks that they bring, the artists that they bring, uh, just amazing. The reason why I personally 
enjoy contemporary art is because you know when i would go to the national gallery of art you know it has a more permanent collection it doesn't change as often i mean they have certain exhibitions that change but they have a very large permanent collection and you know th- these are artists that are well established you know others in history has declared them masters and or masterpieces and you know you you kind of have to like them right you're like okay how can i say van gogh is you know not good or rembrandt is good you kind of don't get to exercise your own judgment as much and i think there's so much baggage also that comes you know good and bad baggage that comes with a lot of these artworks but with contemporary art i feel like you know who knows in 20 years these other artists might be in oblivion i am free to choose or decide what i think of this artwork whether i like it or i don't i also find it very interesting what contemporary artists are doing with art right they're pushing the boundaries i'm just blown away by how like for instance technology is being incorporated or the kind of concepts and i find conceptual art really something that i feel i literally feel like my mind expands if i come across something that i like it's ideas you know it's not just paint and and canvas anymore but there's value in an idea so i just enjoy seeing the the boundaries of art being pushed so i think that's why i really like the hershorn because i think it's a leader when it comes to contemporary art and you know they're also very representative i feel like compared to some other museums you know you know you must have followed uh this debate about how museums are they need to be more inclusive and they need to be more diverse and i think the hershorn does a good job of that but i i feel like i get exposed to like a wider range of artists and artworks i hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the adventures with grammy podcast you will find the links to our guests and the topics we discussed in this episode's show notes if you would like to be a guest or if you know someone who would be an awesome guest please connect with me at carolyn@adventureswithgrammy.com at